After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you, heal those who are ill and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you, and you, Capernaum, will be lifted to the heavens. No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus, full of joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Well, uh, welcome to Kings. It's great to have the opportunity to share God's word with you today. And I'm probably aware that a number of you are kind of like processing the news. You've just heard about Phil and Sarah Varley moving on. And so I'm going to like appeal to you to kind of try, okay, let's focus in on the word of God. And actually not that it was planned this way. I think today's passage is is very relevant to the news that we've shared with you uh, today. Um, One of my most memorable meals I had was at William D.L.'s 60th birthday uh, party. I was privileged to be invited along. Deb and I went along and around the meal table, I ended up sitting next to uh, Hillary's mum. And uh, she's a remarkable woman. Uh, They're actually quite a remarkable family, aren't they? And I spent the evening uh, listening and hearing about the exploits of the Salvation Army. I found it very inspiring. I've mentioned it a number of times, but 
Today, I just want to develop it a little bit more. In fact, what I want to do is show you a picture. Here's a picture of, um, I don't know if you can see who Hillary is. Well, Hillary's right at that, uh, right in the front there with her brother Ian, and then there's her mum and dad. And her mum was the woman I was sitting next to uh, a couple of years ago at, at Williams, a birthday party. And I heard about this radical faith, this uh, sense that God had called them and they are happy to be sent anywhere. And so what would happen, uh, and what did happen is they went, you know, to in, in uh, uh, training in Camberwell and they did nine months training. And at the end of the nine months training, all the trainees came together and they were literally told where they were going. They'd come up on the platform, here's your commissioning, and you are sent. And they were sent, their first placement was uh, to a place just south of Newcastle. They'd never heard of it. Others were sent to other parts of the world. It's the reason that William is so fluent in Spanish, is because he grew up in Argentina. His parents were sent, and, and they were literally just received the order, and they went. And just a few days later, uh, here he told me that her mum was on the train. And this was a picture taken a few years later. And the way the Salvation Army did it in those days, they don't do it this way now, just to say people are far more involved in the decision-making process, which I think is good. Uh, but in 1948, they were sent. And then they were sent and, and they moved as you can see, to all these places across the UK, across a whole series of um, locations in the north and then some in the south, uh, ending up uh, growing up in the, the, the Salvation Army Mission Hall in Penge. Uh, and uh, that, that, that was uh, in and around Croydon. So just amazing a resilience and commitment to Christ. I, I mean, I was just can't get my head around it the more I think about it, that you just so radically committed to Christ and his great commission that you are willing to just be sent wherever you're told to go. I mean, that is radical faith. And I love meeting people from the Salvation Army because you can see that there's something of revival in them. There's something of the encounter of God that still flows through the generations. Uh, the uh, brief history of the Salvation Army is my own view is it really was born out of the 1859 revival. And then they stepped out of what was the formal Methodist church and began a radical outreach strategy where they took the gospel onto the streets and that began on the 2nd of July, 1865. It was called the Christian Mission and became the Salvation Army in 1878. And 1948, 70 years later, Hillary's mum and dad were in training and were sent out. God is a missional God. God is one that models this call to be sent. 
Galatians 4 puts it this way. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. So uh, God is a missional God. He, he, is, uh, he, he is one that sends. First, he sends his son. He, he literally uh, moves towards us. He's sent from the Father on a rescue mission. He comes with the heart to redeem and save and restore. And he's sent and he takes on flesh and he displays uh, the power of God and the love of God ultimately dying for us. This is the missional God. This is the God that takes on flesh, becomes like us, dies for us, moves from the, the, the perfection and holiness of the, the, the Godhead, Father, Son and Holy Spirit and moves towards us, sent on a mission that we may be saved, that there is a way for us to be bridged to God. This is, this is God's heart. He sends his son and then he sends his spirit. He sends his spirit. So Jesus' ministry ends with saying, I'm going to send a, a counsellor, a comforter. There's a promise of power that's coming that will make you witnesses to the very ends of the earth. And, and, and you see here in Galatians that this, this Holy Spirit is going to allow you to cry, Abba, Father. So it's going to bring a, a, an intimacy and a, a wholeness towards God, but also it's a spirit that comes with power to equip and gifts and commissioning. And so this is God. This is God's heart. And God's heart is one of, of mission. He's a missional God. Sends his son, sends the spirit. And then here, what we see in salvation history, in the gospel of Luke, we see um, I, 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 the beginning of, hey, this missional God is now going to send He's going to send these 72 disciples out, but he's also going to send us. Luke 10 uh, summarises this, where uh, in its context, Jesus has sent out the, 70, uh, the 12, if you go back a chapter, and now uh, he's sending out 72. It's like the declaration of it, like there's a new exodus. It's, it's like Moses was called and then they were people were sent out and they moved into a promised line. Here there's like another exodus. There's another uh, 70 be sent out to proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. And just quickly to give an overview of the passage, the first four verses are kind of got familiar words to us, like the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. You can read that in other, in the other, in other Gospels. Um, and then there is this, I'm sending you, and then I love this, Just it's a very short, well, it's a very small word, but it just literally says, go, explanation mark in my, in my text. Go, you are sent. The missional God now sends his people. And then there are instructions on the message. So you're sent. There's some contextual issues described about, you know, if you go into a town and they offer you peace, um, then welcome them. Uh, but if someone rejects you, you know, dust your 
your, your, your shoe and, and, and your feet and move on. Um, but really, there's the content of the message. It is first a message of peace. That this kingdom that is breaking in will provide peace between God and you and me. Wow. That's the message. That's the message we carry. We carry a message of peace and grace and mercy and kindness and forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation and adoption. It's wonderful. What a message to be, to carry with us and appeal to to friends and family and others and say, look, you can have peace with God. Sins wiped away. You can have the Holy Spirit spirit within you crying out Abba Father come come back to the Father in Jesus this is our message and we're sent to proclaim it and and tell it all over the world and to our next door neighbour but there's a second part of the message there's a message of judgement that there is a consequence for not hearing or receiving the message that you will be eternally separated from God. That you won't have a saviour to cover your sin. Uh, and different people want to emphasise different things. And I like to emphasise the, the love and mercy of God. But if we are going to be true carriers, and in sometimes the reason we should be motivated to share Jesus and be sent ascent people, is that actually there's judgment coming as well. And that should put like the fear of God in you. So that's the message. And then finally, the last few verses I've summarised as, but rejoice. You know these familiar verses where uh, the disciples come back and say, look, even the evil spirits, they kind of, they, they, they bow to the authority of the name of Jesus. And they're all very excited that there's fruitful ministry. Oh, it's exciting. The church is growing. Wow, hallelujah. And it is exciting. And it's amazing that loads of people are getting mercy through love your neighbour. Yeah, it's great. Wonderful. And oh, wow, isn't it fantastic that Kings is a generous church and people are giving. Yeah, it's great. It's all this is good. But it's nothing. It's literally nothing compared to this. And it should be the foundation of our worship is that our names are written in the book of life. In the book of life. That is why we worship. That's why we celebrate. Yeah, Satan, yeah, he's been, uh, his power has been just pushed away by the power of Jesus and uh, evil spirits will bow to the name of Jesus. But the reason we rejoice is our names are in the book of life. Now, in these last few moments that I have, I just want to develop a little bit the theme that we are a sent people, that you're sent, you, you, you are commissioned, you are to go, you are to be a proclaimer in word and deed of the message of the kingdom. And when I read go, I, I, I go to familiar passages, but I just think of the Great Commission where Jesus says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is our commission. This is what we're called to do. I mean, you see a remarkable commitment to it in the early years of the Salvation Army. And I'd like that radical spirit in this church. We may work it out slightly differently. We don't wear uniforms because nowadays, contextually, I don't think that translates so well. Uh, might have done in 1948, just after, you know, there's still national service and the war and things like that. But, but culturally things, you have to adjust to the contextual challenges of the moment. But the heart I want. Maybe the process of decisioning and where you go, we would do differently. But the heart I want, a missional heart to tell people about Jesus. And, you know, we're called to go and tell. And as people get saved, then to disciple them to a place where they're, they're reproducing, they're telling their story and others are coming to face like a ripple of effect. In Acts uh, chapter one, uh, you know, we're looking at Luke's gospel and you know that Luke has, it's like a really a two-part story. There's his gospel and then there is like his follow-up is the first 30 years of um, the, the new church. He starts the gospel talking about the kingdom of God and, and uh, sorry, starts Acts talking about the kingdom of God and finishes Acts. If you look at the first few verses, they both start with the kingdom of God and finish with the kingdom of God in Acts 28. And uh, uh, so he's sort of saying, look, this, 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 this Acts of the Apostles is really the fulfilment of the message of the kingdom that, I, that was presented in Jesus. Now you see that the Holy Spirit has come in power at Acts 1 verse 8, and that has propelled the message. This sent people, this apostolic people, apostle means sent one. So an apostolic people are just a sent people that we are from a missional God who sends Jesus, sends his spirit, now sends us in the power of the spirit to proclaim this good news. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I've always felt, if you want to know if you're a mature Christian, yeah, one of the signs is that you're, you're, you're out there telling people about Jesus. You can't, you, you've got that radical heart of, like we've seen in Hillary's parents. As I was preparing, I felt drawn into looking at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I, I've just, I don't know if you can see this on the screen, but I found it quite helpful when it said, well, when it comes to, to being sent, there are different places, geography, and different cultures that differing ones of us are sent to. And so, all of us are called to London. So London is our, our in a sense, is our Jerusalem. Although within London, there are clearly people groups that maybe are geographically close, but actually culturally far away. So Jerusalem represents men and women with whom we have direct contact, family, neighbours, colleagues, clients and work associates. They're culturally similar and they're geographically near. Judea are men and women out of direct, who are out of our direct contact, who are culturally similar, people and groups whom we share the common language and heritage. So there are people could we reach that, that basically they are further away geographically, but actually when it comes to culturally, 
we, 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 it's an easy bridge. Then the Samaria represents people and groups who are relatively close geographically, but are culturally distant. The poor, the undeserved, various ethnic groups, immigrants and refugees in our community. And then there's the ends of the earth, people and groups who are more or less distanced, both culturally and geographically, men and women, reach through global mission partnerships and global commerce. And very often we think of that group and think, oh, they're missionaries. And so we have in our mindset, what we're going to do is we're going to, there are a few of us that are called to be missionaries and they're going to go to the ends of the earth. I think that's a very unhelpful term. We are all missionaries. We are all missionaries. We are all called different lanes to run in. Most of us are called to reach Jerusalem. Some of us reach Jerusalem and a bit of Judea. Some have the cross-cultural gift to go to Samaria and a handful of us are called to go to the ends of the earth. Literally move, relocate, learn the culture, the language and contextualise the gospel message to the people that you're reaching. How do we respond as a church to this uh, this kingdom message of being sent. Well, as a church, we have to do what every generation has to do. It has to take eternal biblical truth and contextualise it to the people that we're trying to reach. This is what one of my friends did, does in Kenya. He's a, a pastor, leads a, a, like a New Frontiers church. He's a part of Edward Berea's uh, ministry and when we were in Kenya uh, uh, a couple of years ago, we visited his church. His church is in a village. So his context is, is village. It's not city, it's village. This is the church building that he has uh, uh, built. And his, this is his outreach strategy. He told me. In fact, he showed me. He said, here are the speakers. The speakers are on the outside of the building. And he says, like, in the morning, what I do, I get up, I lead the village in prayers and I've got these massive uh, speakers and they, you can hear them 5K away. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not sure that would work in London. Yeah, it worked there. And then what he would do, he would visit the village at the end of the day, go around and pray with people. And then he would invite them into his church building for Sunday. That is, uh, it's a great model and outworking of... Uh, Something that takes the gospel, a sent man who's reaching people and building the church. That's the heartbeat of a church. Reach the lost, build the church. Reach the lost, build the church. And what we're trying to do at Kings is trying to get that balance right. Sometimes emphasising discipleship, we've got to feed and equip and make spiritually healthy. But okay, that needs to go somewhere and it goes, at very least it goes to mission and kingdom and mercy and grace. And, and then you're trying to do that and you're, you're trying to do it in a way which is, culturally relevant which is why I don't wear a uniform and it's why we don't have speakers outside the building uh, and then lastly what's our personal response today this message <laughs> I'm hoping it's motivating you to take seriously the call that a missional God is calling us to be a missional people. Now, how that works out, how you do that will be different depending on your gifts, your call. Uh, but can I just suggest a few easy steps for all of us? 
First, invite people. Use social media. Invite them. Hey, come and look and join our online service. The fact the online service is there, or come in person. Come and meet the people of God, not just watch a service. There is a way that in the UK at the moment that seems to me that most people come to faith through a relationship with someone who they know, telling them, and secondly, testifying. It's so important to tell your story. I do this all the time. I mean, uh, my kids had some friends around from university. Sam uh, and Grace had friends around. They're sitting in my garden and I go up and I, I just, within three or four minutes of saying hi to them, I hear about them and then I, I tell them I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, and I'm off. I'm giving them my, my testimony. I'm thinking, they're in my house, I'm a pastor, uh, but more than that, I'm a Christian, I want them to know that Jesus is relevant to them. And I was amazed to hear that they've watched a bit of our services and things like that. And you, just, you never know what God is doing. And then the other thing you can do is you can, you can pray. You can pray. Uh, you can offer prayer. I've I, I found very few people decline the offer of prayer. So let's be a missional people. I have through my life been missional. When I was at work, I'd run just looking groups. Um, uh, I used to, when I had a real job, I would take a week to go to a Bible week, which was a bless me up moment. And then I'd take a week to do mission. Trust me, that was hard. Yeah, it, you know, if you want to get, you know, if you want to go for a Bible week and get fed, that's all good, great. But actually to take a week of holiday, they do mission. I did it on the streets. I did door to door. I've, I've, I've done a lot. And I've stood on pub tables and proclaimed the gospel. I've stood in front of uh, six form assemblies and been hissed at as I approach. So I want to tell people about Jesus. And then when I moved to London, when we were sent from Bedford to London, I thought, I want to build a church that, yeah, loves God, is, loves the Bible, prays and understands scripture, but I want that to go somewhere. I want it to actually propel people out that they would tell this good news that there's a God that sent his son, that there's a saviour for the world, that you can know God. And um, let's keep doing that, kings. Let's, let's be a church that reaches out and proclaims the kingdom and that many will be saved and become disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Lord, I, I do pray for a, a moment of commissioning upon us. We're in a season where we want to regather and rebuild and, and rejoice and celebrate that, our, uh, that, that we're in Christ but at the same time, we want to do it with a heart of drawing people back, but also reaching out. That we are sent, we're sent in our workplace, that when we go to work tomorrow morning, we're a missionary. Missionaries are not people that go overseas. Missionaries are people that get on a train or do a Zoom call or stand at a, um, the school gate. We're missionaries. Help us to be a church that, that yeah, disciples... Uh, has deep wells, but at the same time shares Jesus with many, we ask to your glory. Amen.